This week, this month, is Japanese July. And that is about all the enthusiasm I can muster here because the next four weeks are going to be really sad. Uh, Don't let the anime and all the giggling little Japanese girls fool you. The Japanese are some awful people. It's our weird world. Our weird world. Welcome to Our Weird World. I am your host, John Henson. Uh, I know that open was a bit harsh. Uh, I love Pokemon and Hibachi and all that stuff. But for all the great things that Japan has given the world, there is a dark, dark side to that country. Uh, Today's story is an eye-opening start. Um, And it's going to be a pretty month. It's going to be a pretty dark month on this podcast. Um, But yeah, you know, I, I... I just want to preface it by saying, look, this is not this is not about to be a four week Japan bashing, but uh, they're like, I don't know. I just when I done a bunch of research, I did not realize just how dark this country was. And um, today's story is going to really hit you hard. Um, it's it's one of the darkest things ever. And uh, yeah, so get ready. It's story time. Back in 1932, Japanese leaders began having discussions about all of the chemical weapons that were allegedly being developed all around the world, and they wanted to make sure that they had their own chemical weapons to fight back with just in case, you know, the United States or Russia or, you know, one of the European countries decided to come screw with them and and start a chemical war. Uh, Five years later, during the second Sino-Japanese War in which Japan tried to expand its influence and take over parts of China, the Japanese decided that it was time to make sure that they didn't fall victim to any unexpected chemical attacks from anybody. Uh, The result was the appropriately named Army Epidemic Prevention Research Laboratory. And Shiro Ishii, the Surgeon General responsible for getting all of those talks started, was placed in charge of the lab. Unit 731, which became the primary complex for the laboratory, was built in the Japanese puppet state of Manchukuo which is now in present-day China, and opened up in 1939. Now, despite the name, the Japanese didn't really care so much about preventing epidemics as they did taking Chinese people and seeing what would happen if they performed various experiments on them as if they had been attacked by a chemical weapon. The test subjects who were brought into Unit 731 were referred to as logs, partially because the Japanese lied about the purpose of Unit 731 and told media outlets that the building... We know where Unit Seven Thirty One was located was just a lumber mill, so that's that's all. That's a good start. Uh, test subjects at first included criminals, political prisoners, and anyone who was just anti-Japanese, which in China during the Second Sino-Japanese War was a huge chunk of that population. So, for starters, the logs. Oh God, that's just. I don't know why that just sounds so demeaning. It's just like it's a it's a Chinese person but was referred to as a log. Uh, The logs were used for vivisection. Now, if you didn't pay attention in science class, vivisection is a procedure in which your body is opened up and observed while you're still alive. And for the logs in Unit 731, this was regularly done without anesthesia and typically after they had been purposely infected with a disease so the science could watch in real time how a body reacted to the infection. 
And since that wasn't remotely close to being way over the line, uh, scientists would just hack off entire arms and legs to see how blood loss worked, which, you know, if you didn't know, it works exactly how you imagine it. Uh, But they didn't stop there. They then often reattached the limbs to other parts of the body. So legs would become arms and vice versa. Other logs had their stomachs removed and their esophagus attached to their intestine to just kind of see what would happen there if someone just didn't have a stomach anymore. Uh, Female prisoners were purposely infected with syphilis and gonorrhea and raped by the prison guards, which seemed like a risky decision for the guards. But at this point, it's just kind of stupid to judge their methods. I mean, you know, whatever. Um, the, The scientists at Unit 731 were especially fascinated with syphilis and spent a considerable amount of time forcing infected logs into sex acts with uninfected logs to study how the disease was transmitted from person to person. Even worse, female logs were forced into pregnancy to study the transmission of the disease from mother to child. And by the time World War II began, Unit 731 was flying planes all over China and dropping anthrax and cholera all over the Chinese countryside uh, to infect even more people. Logs were also used as targets for grenade tests to see how far someone could be from an exploding grenade before they were torn to shreds. Uh, Hint, not very far. Uh, Unit 731 also tested the effectiveness of flamethrowers on the human body. Uh, Spoiler alert, they are super effective. Uh, Unit 731 was also preparing other insane operations that you'd only expect to find in like some superhero movie. For example, in 1945, Ishii was overseeing the development of genetically modified fleas that carried the plague. He then planned on stuffing the fleas into ceramic bombs, which would be placed inside of airplanes, which would be placed inside of a submarine capable of carrying aircraft because that was totally necessary. And the submarine was then supposed to show up outside of San Diego to unleash the plague fleas. Operation Cherry Blossoms at night, as it was called because the Japanese felt the need to kind of soften the evil a little bit, was called off at the last moment because the Japanese feared the United States had far more superior superior biological weapons, like rabid grizzly bears that shot AIDS lasers from their eyes, and they didn't want to risk having the United States retaliate. And while the United States did not, in fact, have AIDS laser bears, uh, the Japanese were right to be concerned. Um, You know, because... I mean, you know how that ends. But even after World War II ended, Unit 731 continued to experiment on people, albeit fellow Japanese citizens at this point. Uh, this time, test subjects were infected with rickettsia and typhus. And since American forces were allowed to occupy Japan for the years following the war, the worst of Unit 731 scientists were never brought to trial and just walked away without any punishment whatsoever. And in the years following American occupation, the Japanese profusely apologized for their behavior. Uh, The activities that took place behind Unit 731's closed doors were never formally documented, for good reason. Uh, And the only evidence of the unit's procedures survived through testimonies from former unit workers. Uh, In 1997, a class action lawsuit was filed against the Japanese government for their role in Unit 731, but because there were no physical records, the suit was dropped. And so basically Japan just kind of got away clean with all of this. And you thought, like, I I, I warned you, like it's going to be bad. And that's just the start of the month. I know a lot of attention gets paid to the Holocaust, and rightfully so. 
but Unit 731 is arguably just as horrifying as the concentration camps in Europe. Unfortunately, a lot of the evidence was destroyed, so we'll never really know for sure everything that actually went on there. But like as you heard in this story, the examples that did make it out, it's, it's, it's more than enough that we needed to know. Um, but let's see what we learned anyway. What did we learn? Number one, performing experiments to learn about diseases is great. It's, it's a great way to advance scientific knowledge and help us advance as a society. But performing those experiments on unwilling participants and killing them in the process is not so great. Uh, number two, undergoing a vivisection sounds like a nightmare. I don't know how I'd feel about seeing my insides while I'm just like lying on a table. Uh, and number three, all of the evidence we have on Unit 731, all of the evidence that we have on Unit 731 is testimony from people who worked inside. And they, no, there's no reason they would lie about all that stuff, right? Next week on Our Weird World, we continue Japanese July with the story of Junko Furuta. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be a sad one. So thanks for listening. Tell all your friends and keep it weird. Yeah.